This episode is a follow-up episode. It has two guests. They are last Wednesday's guest, Angela, and the Wednesday before's guest, Sophia. So that's episode 95 and 96 of Getting Better Acquainted. And this takes place quite a long time after those first two episodes, which both were recorded over a year ago. So this is last summer. We'll set the scene when it starts. I think this episode stands alone, but it's quite interesting to have heard the previous two episodes beforehand or to listen to them after you've heard this one. It was in the morning when the sun started coming up. You saw, you started to see the trees on the other side of the jungle and you saw, started to see... The, the noises was amazing because it, it's never quiet in the jungle. There was 180 guns that were in his house behind the wall paneling and under the floorboards. <laughs> so, so there was a lot of, there was a lot, it was like a, it was a bit, yeah, I don't know why he had so many guns. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with Angela and Sophia. Hello. Hello. Wow, that's really good. (laughs) (laughs) In unison. I've done conversations with both of you before. Mm -hmm. And we're currently at Ramsgate on a writing retreat. Yay. And... I thought I would do one with both of you again, but together this time to make it different. How do we know each other? Through this writing group. Yep, kind of, it's yeah. It's how I, how I know Dave. I know you through this writing yeah. group. Although I met you before that. I met you, yeah, briefly, yeah. In the In that coffee, coffee shop. shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's out now. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. I'll edit that. That's fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There we go, some seagulls above our head. So we met each other to talk to maybe occasionally in the, in the, in the coffee shop where you yeah. were, but specifically, specifically in writing here. group. Yes. And Angela and me met through work. Yes. And you met Sophia in the same coffee shop. Same coffee shop. Yes. And you inducted both of us into the writing group. I brought you into the fold. That's right. <laughs> Much appreciated. How did that happen with you and Sophia? Because I know how it happened with me. How did that come about? She was on one side of the counter and you were on the other. How did that happen? I have a sort of memory of already talking about this I don't know if we did at their last retreat but I'll do it quickly anyway I heard Angela speak um, obviously when she came in and ordered coffee and realized she was American yeah and as I do with most Americans who come in I go oh hello talk to me more (laughs) yeah so I think that's how we started chatting and then every time you came in I added a little bit more yeah a little bit more yeah, how and, and eventually until you revealed yourself writing. to be a writer. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember exactly how that happened, but somehow we got started. Well, I think it was because about writing. I think it was because you were saying that you had gone to film school in California, oh, yeah. and that you Probably. and that you maybe and still. I'll, yeah, and I'm fairly quick to say that I work part time there. Yeah, so <laughs> that might have been a lead-in as well. Yeah, I work part time here and I write screenplay. Probably along those lines. And then you volunteered and saying that, oh, I write too. I do? Well, sort of. Yeah. I think about writing. <laughs> yes. Well, you both write. <laughs> we 
both think about it. <laughs> and you both think about it, right, yeah. The second question that I ask everybody is, what do you do now? Which it sounds like is the question you were trying to avoid answering when, when you said, Always. I work part-time, yeah. but I'm a writer. It is a terrible question yeah. to answer. Yeah, it is it's funny that how you feel obligated to say what it is you make money from. Yeah. That is what you do. If someone asks, what do you do? You, you just answer with what what you make money of. And that is what I make the little money I do from. But yeah, part-time. And then at the moment, mostly trying to get out of that. Yeah. Also which trying we're to find writing time. Which is where we're, we're so going to get kind of into yeah. that. <laughs> and what do you do now, Angela? I am a press officer for a local government body. Uh, which involves me uh, writing speeches and articles and press releases about various departments and things going on in local authority. And it's kind of interesting, really. It's not something that I ever set out to do, but it was something that I kind of fell into. And I'm currently on secondment to that post, and my secondment ends in few days. A few six days, working days. Six working days. <laughs> And then what will you do? And then I will think about writing. <laughs> full <laughs> time. time. Maybe occasionally full time. Write. And then I will yeah. think about writing full time. That's right. And uh, one thing you may do now is fall asleep. Cause you're, cause you're <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm coming around. You're coming around. The coffee's kicking in. The coffee is kicking in. The coffee from the, an unnamed, from the unnamed coffee that previously place. named yes. almost unnamed yes. place yeah. I feel like course, we were excellent coffee I almost feel like we had corporate sponsorship for this writer's like, group yeah, yeah, oh, yeah I know what yeah. you mean I know, I know what you mean yeah. yeah hey maybe I can look into that we, we, have a, we have nothing to offer them I think that's the problem no. they have lots to offer us but yeah. what, what can we do for them we can promise them dedications in our in our books in our books or because mm-hmm. oh you know this specific coffee shop I believe does weekly free book I think m- most of most of them do it's a collaboration through another very well known download music place <laughs> we don't know how corporate <laughs> sponsorship we're going to get into but perhaps we could, uh, we, could, we, could we could agree that our we would give them freely mm. to the to the but but they haven't actually, they haven't sponsored so much as in this is something I get for working there. Yeah. So I have just brought it here. Yeah, it's not <laughs> actually. I have loads. It's not an official. So yeah, I can't y- make use of it myself. So no, I have well, a backlog. Not, of that's a good bags. thing. I get yeah. at least at least you get a perk. Yeah. Oh no, we actually <laughs> to to be fair, we get quite a lot of perks. So. Well, you're supposed yeah. to be perky. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's <laughs> that's how we keep us going. So I guess you're both in a kind of period of transition in your lives Yay. yeah mm. I mean Angela's transitioning as we speak before our eyes yeah. like, a, like, a, like a butterfly yeah that's yeah. right and you are in a very kind of and this, Sophia I should say it's going to be confusing to audio yeah. so and Sophia you're in a, a different yeah you're in a cocoon yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right but you're sort of banging your, yeah, your head I'm against that cocoon really wanting to get out yeah soon. yeah completely but finding it hard to break through. I need to do something else that makes more money so I can get to live somewhere else because where I live is not somewhere I want to be. So that is has gotten to be a very sort of catch-22 of some kind and a sort of downward spiral thingy that I'm just desperate to stop and reverse. Yeah, how long have you been working in your current, current job? Uh, four years, four, four and a half. 
coming up one. And you're originally from Sweden? Yes. And you find yourself in London? Yes. Working in a, in a, a, a job that was originally supposed to be the thing that allowed you to do the writing. Yeah. And it still is. It, it still is. But, but it has... I'm, I'm not going to knock the job completely because no. it has, has been good. Because <clears throat> before that, I did nothing for about three years. Right. And ate through my savings. Okay. Which, in hindsight, wasn't the best of ideas. Because that's what really sort of... <sighs> reduced my world to nothing. Because I had no money and basically didn't really do anything. And it really sort of limited me as a person and... And, and everything. So getting the part-time job was very good to yeah. get out and see people and and actually going. Hey. But now that's kind of <laughs> run. Some, but its but course. now exactly yeah. that's running its course, and I need to now move on to to yeah a bit more. I think sometimes you need a sort of holding stage in life just to get your head together, and mm. then you sort of get yourself together, and then you go, oh right, yeah. I'm in holding. What do I do now? I mean, I know you're because you're quite. You're, you're in quite a kind of, I'm trying to think of the right word, maybe Angela will, she's, <laughs> she's good with words, but you're in quite she a... She thinks about writing a lot. You're feeling the pressure to get out quite a lot, like you're in quite, yeah. a, I guess, an emotional it's position in, yeah. in your life, I, yeah? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure to get out kind of is maybe the maybe the wrong word because yeah. it's not like it's pressure from outside it's from myself from it's a, it's more of a desperation i'd say yeah that I, agitated I agitated, agitated. Yeah. that's a nice word yeah there you go desperate and agitated yes <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah that will explain it but i mean i, 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 I um, mean i don't yes. think that your life is always going to be this way so I, i'm not i'm not suggesting not. i'm not <laughs> suggesting it's going to be so i mean obviously listeners shouldn't think of you as a, as a desperate person you're very much not but you do seem to be a, a, a moment of mm. a moment of something needs to happen yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and you're Absolutely. sort of and writing group strangely is sort of we've all become your sort of Team, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Team Sophia, yeah, yeah. That's been great. Natalie, who's not here, but she's in, she is in the house probably mm. or somewhere around, is kind of being your. She's my little what cheerleader. Would you call it? Cheerleader, yeah, or kind or of life organizer or yeah. suggester. Yeah, I don't she came up with a very good structure of this is you need to do this on a weekly basis. Strategist, yeah, that's what she's doing, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, helping with intermediate goals and, and stuff. It, which and it, is it's funny the way that writing group's gone as well because it, it has become more than just about writing I would say yeah I think it's, it's somewhat of a support system for, for yeah. all of us to di- varying degrees and in varying ways we all help each other well cause I think it's because there isn't really a division between life and writing so mm. you have to have your life set up yeah. in order to write yeah because yeah, your life really affects your writing as well mm. which <laughs> I've yeah. been thinking a lot more about writing yeah. than actually doing because a lot because of, of of the state of my life. Yeah, sometimes I think though that that's just like that literally is is what what writers spend most of their time doing is thinking yeah. about writing. I mean that's yeah that's how yeah, Anthony that, is yeah. describing himself. Yeah, and and that's alright as long as it it produces something. What I'm feeling now is that it just doesn't. I don't get any writing done. And what is your conflict? What is it that you feel is not right in your life? I'm, I'm not going to blame it on someone else. Completely, it's a situation that has been created with me as as a player in it. I rent a room in a house. I think a lot of it is that I don't have a place that's that's mine. Yeah. And I have sort of 
yeah, just cocoon myself. And and because I don't like the the house is quite messy and there's lots of stuff and that's so not me. Yeah, that's um, definitely not you. You're incredibly not, not that. Yeah, so I've kind of removed myself from the rest of the house and keep to myself a lot, and that's kind of made me keep to myself in the rest of my life as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's really limited me, my personality, and me as a person. Yeah. When when everything becomes so insular, mm. it's like everything becomes insular. sure. Yeah, and you're sort of like living in a room, mm. uh, and then you go to work, and then you're in the room again. Yeah, I mean I've had that kind of experience in my life, but at times when I've at least had Jen there in the room with me, mm. being depressed too, which is a different kind of mm. fun. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it's but it's uh, it, yeah. At least there's somebody else to mm. witness it. I guess. I mean. Because Angela, you've been through a similar-ish sort of period of time, but you're now in the sort of second, the next phase. Would you say? I mean, I mean, not in the specifics, but in the feeling of wanting to change things. Yeah, I think, I think I've 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 worked where I've worked for five and a half, almost six years now, doing several different jobs. So there has been a, quite a lot of change and some of the in the jobs are really different. You know, I went from singing to babies to writing speeches for the leader of the council, which actually have has more in common than you think. <laughs> <laughs> they were all sort of around what I like doing. They kind of took adventures of different strengths of my personality and how I work. So it's been it's been interesting, but you just get to a point where you need a, a, a total change. And the hours were getting quite long. I wasn't getting home until sort of seven at night. And then then you have to do the, the rest of your life as, you know, the the grocery shopping, the cooking, the cleaning, the, the, the wifeliness. I just found that there wasn't room for writing. And it's lucky that I am in a position that it's not so important that I have an income at the moment, which is a luxury that few people have. And we don't have children yet, so it's kind of one of those things where I just felt, well, I have to embrace this time yeah, now. Yeah, now and ever. Mm. Such a rare situation yes. you're in that you yeah. should take advantage mm. of it now. It's, it's, everything's kind of collided in a special way. Like, the secondment that I'm on is ending. I won't even leave a hole at work. The person I'm covering for is coming back the job that I was doing before is currently being covered by somebody who needed a job. And I've got a course that I'll probably go on to do a master's. We read your was personal, it personal statement. statement. My personal yeah. statement, yeah. So. In the group, yeah. And it's just one of those times where it's a, a perfect storm of opportunity. And mm. I'd be an absolute fool not to, to take advantage of it. So, And I've had so much support, like 360 support from people at work, writers group, from my, from my husband, from my friends, that it's... It's really exciting. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's really lovely. I'm so lucky. I'm really lucky. And um, even if I don't get into the program, I, I have this sort of renewed energy about, yeah, you mm, definitely about, do. about mm. making the most of it. And I think I, I have a responsibility to myself that I have this gift. And if I don't make the most of it, I'm just a complete and utter moron. So. Yeah, sure. I mean, you had a, a sort of... You both had similar, particularly particular writers' group moments where, you know, instead of reading out your story, you said, 
help <laughs> what we, do I do we ask for interventions yeah quite a few months apart but yeah, yeah it's nice to have seen that happen to other people so I'm like if I, if I ever have to mm. ask for help you know it's, it's definitely going to be there yeah I mean yeah so you're sort of in the the flush of excitement of of this change and uh, I'm very envious of your of your of your situation, and I'm it's, really it's happy that you got it. It's well. it's scary. I, there are safety nets in place because nothing's guaranteed, nothing's permanent, anything yeah. can happen. So I am doing this as a as a career break from work, which means that if it all goes wrong, I can find another job within the council. If financially things happen, you never know. It's our personal finances that are allowing me to do this, but yeah. but those are never. Guaranteed, no. uh, things you know, it's all built yeah. on this. This Don't built into this. Too much. <laughs> it's built into this company that's not yeah. yet fully established. Which so. is your husband's company? Yeah, now. my husband's company, and he works very hard on it. Mm. And we both worked very hard on it. So we've been putting that first for the last sort of three, four years. That's been like the fo- big focus of our of our time and energy. Well, his his mostly, but me supporting, so doing everything, role, doing yeah. everything else, so that yeah. he can get on with it. But now. He's he's getting to a point where the company's starting to take off. He's taken on more staff. He his own personal responsibility isn't as twenty four seven as it used to be. Mm. So he can do a bit more r- around the house. It's, he can pay himself more so that we can you know make up for make it, up for, yeah. for, for the loss of, of my my income. Is it kind of against your? Uh, Midwestern background in a way to take this kind of a risk is it kind of against like your instincts slightly or is it I I, I don't know no no not really I think because it's not a total total risk like I said I've put the safety nets calculated yeah I've put the safety nets in in place and I'm also keeping an open mind about it I don't expect that at the end of this year I'll have like a five figure book deal yes I'm expecting you know a few finished products that will hopefully get to the point where somebody might want to look at other finished products I do Mm. in the future and maybe in five years time somebody will give me a couple grand for a book uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to be very realistic about yeah. my expectations and I and I might go back to work after I finish the masters because I don't know if I have the personal metal and creativity to do it always yeah. I mean if, if, if it's just part time just so you're out there yeah, to do yeah. something else yeah. Yeah. to have something to write about you know yeah. so that to put yourself out there to do things mm-hmm. so yeah but as far as the midwestern thing you know my mom she worked at a grocery store, and she worked part time. She's a master's degree in education, hmm. <laughs> but she um, she worked at this grocery store for forty years because it allowed her to do what she what she loved doing, which is like gardening and being a mom. And hmm. she did some substitute teaching and things when I was at school because she she didn't I didn't need her so much anymore. So I guess it's it's always kind of like do do what makes you happy yeah and the job isn't the thing yeah that's good so it's a good background to have really and Sophia your situation is less about finding time to write more about finding yourself would yeah. you say yeah I'd say um, it's fine because I was thinking that was Angelo saying it's kind of the opposite problem in a way because Angelo's very busy that's the sound of Pims being poured <laughs> coffee has been drunk and now Pims is poured I'm moving on to the next stage yeah. moving right? on to the next stage um, you know, where Angelo was very busy at work and basically had too much at work and needed a break from that whereas I'm kind of at the other end of the scale where I don't have enough yeah 
I need to move into the middle of getting a bit more. Yeah, it's not challenging you. It's not no. making you feel good about yourself. No. Yeah. No, and not, and not enough money either to kind of have just a just a normal life. Yeah. Which is what I need. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting seeing you know Nat- Natalie's approach to it. You know, mm. the whole kind of you know setting you setting goals and you know you need to do these things mm. you need to do, and i think that's a really useful uh oh, oh definitely out, so definitely yeah. and and i think i mean what she's done is not something extraordinary or something that no one else would think about it, it's very down to earth and very methodical yeah well this is how you need to go but the thing is to have someone else do it do it because what i find hard is to on my own break break out of this habit and yeah and well I mean it's very whenever you think about it whenever we talk about it it obviously has a very mm-hmm. emotional effect on you and so it must be great to have somebody else saying this is what you got to do <laughs> and just having to just okay I just mm-hmm. have to follow this other yeah. person's thing yeah completely I'm, to sorry to, I'm sorry to be touching oh, don't it. be no so. no no don't <laughs> this annoys me more than anything that I get emotional about it I think it's because I just feel a bit pathetic yeah and don't really know how I got to this yeah point or kind of how I let it get to this point well I think the important thing is though that you've recognised that you don't like where you're at Mm. and you're doing something about it I mean when we have those kind of feelings like I don't know how I got here it's not it's not it's not helpful it's just hurting ourselves you know yeah Um, I think Mm. Oh yeah, but, uh, which is what you were saying. Why it's nice to have someone else to go. Come on, yeah, yeah. Th- this, this is, is what the you way. need to do. Yeah, yeah. And this is, in, and I do feel for you. I mean, I've I've had times, and I'm sure everybody listening has had times when they're just like, how, what, what happened? Mm. <laughs> what yeah. happened? And mm. there's been times where I've been like, hang on, I've worked in the libraries for five years. I wanted to be a writer. What? What what happened? How did yeah. that happen? Yeah. And, uh, well, you just sort of take the opportunities, the best the best opportunities that present yeah. are presented at the time, and mm. sometimes you yeah. just don't you just don't have the option. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you you just do what you have to do. You know, at the end of the day, and you get are, through it. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. At, at the end of the, at the end of the day, you have to put a roof over your head and yeah. food on the table. Yeah. You know, we have to make ends meet, and a lot and. In even the most tedious, mind-numbing, awful job does have moments of like joy and pleasure yeah. in it mm. that kind of keep you going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so even even when I was doing the job that I was doing before this one in marketing, so oh, I just didn't get on with it, and that's the job I would have to go back to if I if I <laughs> I stayed. I wasn't yeah. particularly good at it, and it was something that it, it was an opportunity that presented itself. It was the best choice I had at the time. I took it, see how it would to see how it would go. Mm. It didn't go very well. Pissed off a lot of people actually, <laughs> <laughs> which is not something I'm accustomed to doing. I just I wasn't I it I, I might just didn't do I'm not good at it well that must have been a shock for you I think to a certain extent (laughs) because I mean one of the things that you know as we've been colleagues I mean one of the the things you're known for you know amongst staff is Angela's so nice and happy Mm. and positive and and stuff so and you know, you were saying the other day that you know sometimes when you're wearing uncomfortable shoes, people give you give up the seat, <laughs> the seat for you on the tube. Yeah. So you must have been quite surprised to suddenly find that you were pissing people off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> to yes. this day. <laughs> it, I, and it was and it was because I was letting them down, you right. know, because and that I just can't I just can't stand because yeah. there's so much that's not in your control uh, because you you know doing a marketing package is sometimes you have to you have to get the information from one person, pass it to a graphic designer in a sort of like babblefish translation way. So you kind of take what what they're what they want, and then you kind of translate it into what it is they actually need because what they often want isn't what they need, <laughs> <laughs> and and then pass pass it on to a graphic designer, and and then you have to kind of pass it back. So you're just sort of like this middle interim person passing things back and forth between people and if things break down then then you're held responsible mm. and often I was I broke I was the broken <laughs> link broke yeah sometimes it was me and I'll put my hands up and say yeah but yeah. sometimes it was one or the other and you just and it was just a lot of back and that was that was hard to find out I think that there are things that I'm just not good at mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. You don't seem very happy about the fact that there's things you're not good at. No, I know there's lots of. Th- I know that there's lots of things that I'm not good at, like running, for example. Yeah, but you like Chess. to be good at things. Yeah, I like. I, who I like to. G- I know. I'm not yeah. saying it's unnatural. It is. Yeah. You know. But I'm not competitive, though. No, no, mm. that's true. I'm not competitive, yeah. but I always like to keep competitive with yourself, though. With maybe. yourself, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think it's that, isn't it? I mm. mean, it's, it's, that's how it. It always is with, if you do something well or you do something badly, you know it's down to you, and yeah. so th- it can be very annoying when yeah. things go badly. If you, if you're someone who cares, there's there's lots of lucky people who don't care don't, at yeah. all about yeah. letting people down I or being bad at things. Yeah. I just wasn't. Totally do- I just wasn't doing my best, yeah. you know. And I think that's why I didn't like it because I knew I wasn't doing my best. Like mm. I knew I could do better, but it was just I always thought uh, if I only stayed longer or if I only got into work, I was getting into work at. Eight in the morning. I was staying until seven at night, and mm. I was working long hours to just try and be better. And uh, it's still, in the, it was one of those jobs where the better you get, the more work you get. Yeah. So it wasn't helping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was better to just kind of like to know. <laughs> stop asking me for stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just, it's a it's an interesting thing, really, that you're both kind of going through these parallel but different sort of states. Mm. I mean, how how do you guys feel like when you see what what each other are going through? Like, how does that? How do you relate that to your situations or anything like that? He says, fishing. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have. I mean, I, I really spend my life paralleling my life with everybody else. Yeah. So, I mean, I might be un- un- unnatural in this. Yeah, I don't know if I parallel in that way. I mean, you can com- compare or you notice with, with everyone so yeah. where yeah. you are, but I don't know if I've specifically gone, oh. But when you brought it up the other day, going, oh, yeah, I guess we are kind of... But because it's it's quite different transitions as well. Or well, different stages as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I th- well, I think I'm trying to kind of pare down my life and make it maybe a bit more simple Mm-mm. whereas um, you're trying to make yours more simple, complicated yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing trying to do too much yeah. Um, you know. yeah yeah. I think we're kind of both trying to move towards the middle yeah, like we're, yeah. we're at opposite sides of, no, of I that middle that's, that's really so, true yeah. so I don't know how it's going to work with like using topics for one of you with both of you but I've got a few for each of you so I'm going to just bring them up into the group and see how 
we all feel about the the, the topics. Recently, Sophia, you've been doing some assistant directing on a a friend's play Mm -hmm. uh, that went up to Edinburgh. Yes, that's true. Got four star reviews. Four four star reviews. By the time I left on Tuesday and they still had the run until Saturday. So yeah, it was really well received. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. And what, 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 what is that? It was called Dirty Blood. I can't take too much credit, I'm afraid, but a friend of mine wrote and directed it and basically produced it. And it, it's about the blood ban on gay men to give blood. It's based on a true story of a friend of, of my friend whose mother had leukemia. And because he's, he was gay, he wasn't allowed to donate to basically save his mother's life. Because um, there's a ban for, for gay men to give blood, or for anyone, any man who's had sex with another man within the last 12 months, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to give blood because it's a, it, it's seen as a higher risk group. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's a series of different, if, if you've used needles, if you've uh, yeah, slept with a I'm prostitute sure, yeah, as well, are, there yeah. are various things. Yeah, this focused on yeah. homosexuality, yeah. So in the true story, the mother died because she wasn't didn't receive Jesus, that's, that's yeah. what really happened. Exactly. So really. And, and was her son a match? I believe so, yes. Oh, God. But he wasn't allowed to give because he was gay. Wow. So, so this kind <laughs> well, of... that's a story. Yeah, it is, it is a story. And it's a really good play because it, it really focuses... It really puts focus on kind of the weirdness of this policy in that if, if the blood is clean, then why... Th- 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 that's all that should matter. That's yeah. all that they sh- should be. Um... But yeah, so it's so a really sort of focus on that. It got really, a really good response and a really full house almost every night. You, so were, you did the casting for it? Yes, I, I was involved a little bit when he asked me to read ver- uh, drafts of the script as well. And then and then he asked if I wanted to tag along on that casting. And I went, yes. And then Excellent. he went, oh, you come and then all this. So then I kind of just ended up going to just about all of them. Um, and then I felt that I wanted to be more involved because I really liked what he was doing and, and obviously knew the play and, and we worked really well together during the casting as well. That's great. So I kind of went, mm, there's anything else? And he went, oh, be my assistant director. And, and you're, went, yes. And your background's <laughs> in film. So. My background's in film, yes. I did, I have, I guess, sort of been involved in school theatre and things like that throughout my younger days as well but yeah yeah, then I went to film school and theatre has always had a a sweet spot in my heart because it's because I was I liked acting when I was younger Mm. and that to be on stage there's nothing like it yeah sure it's it's so the live audience and that it's then and there if you don't know your words then you're that's it yeah yeah. and whereas if you film you go cut and do another one you, you can always you always get get you can a second fix it chance. In post. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that too, and you always get a second chance. Whereas on stage, that's it. Yeah, you're in yeah, the spotlight, sure. and if you don't know what you're doing, everyone will know. Yeah. So that yeah, that excitement with with the live audience and with the stage is is well, uh, yeah something I've always liked. Well, it's great that you're doing that, and mm. uh, I think you know that's one of many things that have come out of this mm. kind of new approach to your life. Really. Yeah. Yeah. That's one for the plus side. Absolutely, yeah. No, it, it's been lovely, and, and we've he's kind of set up a production company, a theatre production company, for this play. But then, always with the intention of doing more ones. Hopefully, I'll be involved in that, and and also hopefully they bring the Dirty Blood the play to London as well after the finish. 
Well, that's excellent. Well, so, yeah, I don't know well, what's happened it, with it. Keep that, me up to date. And Angela, you were saying the other day that you are tempted to do some performance yourself. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I missed this. No, you were there. Well, um, oh, okay. well, you didn't pay attention to oh, me. Oh no. <laughs> were you not? Maybe you're. No, I don't think maybe she was there. Maybe I was, she no, wasn't. No, there. You, no, I wasn't tempted to do some performance. I was tempted to take an acting class. It was oh. different. Well, that will result in you doing <laughs> yeah. performance, won't it? I mean, that's the end of the module. That's the end. That's what you need <laughs> yeah. to do at the end of the acting class. You, you haven't ever really done acting if yeah. you haven't done it in front of an audience. Yeah, this is very true. Oh, <laughs> right. uh, was it the improv? In improv, oh, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, acting is a way to improve oh, yeah. um, writing mm. by getting to know characters oh, yeah, and right. emotional motivations and things like that. Yeah. In improv, because I'm a really slow writer, yeah. and I think, yeah. and I think having <laughs> to think on my feet. I was saying yes, as in me too, not yeah. yes. You're very um, <laughs> But I, la- I labor over. You're things. a very good writer, but you are. Mm. You find yeah. it hard to like uh, finish. Yeah, once it's down, it might be bad. And so I think that's one of the things that you, you struggle with because <laughs> yeah. you're a very good editor and you're very harsh on, in a good way on, mm. on, on other people's work. Well, just to um, go off on a little tangent, writing press, re- about. <laughs> writing press releases has been wonderful for that because basically the stuff that the council does sometimes isn't very interesting. So having to create a, a press release to deadline, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be very good because it's just going to go to a, the paper and they're going to pick and choose words anyway. So I've, I've become much less of a perfectionist about writing things. And also... Really? <laughs> we're, uh, you should read some of my poor. press releases. They're absolute crap. I bet. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I don't know. We'd have, we'd have to critique them. Yeah. In the, in the no, they're not very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also have to be very... They also have to be very safe and very neutral. You can't it's say a whole lot. I mean, for, I was writing a press release about a particular performance that's going to be happening in the borough in which men throw lightning at one another. And, yeah, this is happening. Oh, that cool. it, it, Yeah, it's really cool. Okay. They're called Lords of Lightning. It's going to be amazing. Oh, wow. There's going to be, like, some fireworks and pyrotechnics and things. And I said, oh, the town show, you know, gets off with a bang. And it got caught in my... Because you have to get everything approved. And people are like, oh, I don't know about using the word bang. People huh? might think about What's the riots oh. that happened last year. And I'm like, no, no, I don't no, think they, they will. No. <laughs> I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> Did you get it through? Yes. Oh, good. I mean, they, they, I mean, they're meant to approve it, but I'm the one who ended, ends up sending it out. So. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your input. Yeah, I'm just like, no, you're wrong. I <laughs> mean, yeah, it's it's like in terms of your writing. I mean, you have done lots of writing, writing like f- for briefs and stuff like that. Yeah, but. You have been revealing slightly, I think, this writing retreat. A kind of like you, you've been talking about when you've been doing exams, getting frustrated sometimes with the questions. And one of the things that you found with writing the <laughs> personal statement is you kind of you wanted to be radical and, and, and tackle the the question in a kind of radical way. Yeah. And uh, I mean, th- that's it. Do you think that, that this kind of the reason you wanted to go that way with this personal statement is probably because you've been doing all of these like really strict, tight, wrapped. Yeah, well, it's a personal statement, you know. There, you want to show your personality a bit. Yeah, and sure. I, I was and all I, for and it. I and yeah. I am a bit of a rabble rouser sometimes. I'm not afraid to speak my mind when I think things are wrong and I think things could be better. And I have 
not as a complaint, but if I have a solution, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to offer it. I'm not one to necessarily say, oh, this sucks. And then have nothing more. And then have nothing more. I'd rather say, why isn't it done this way to question it? Mm-hmm. I do question systems. I've always questioned systems. But, but to go back to the, to the improv and the performance. Yeah. Storytelling is mm. not something I ever struggled doing in front of you know thirty yeah. forty people. Sure. That, that's a performance. Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I'm not a particularly good actress, although I am actually quite crap. But I'm I'm a good. <laughs> 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 but I'm an all right performer. You know, you're I confident on the stage. You're yeah. confident yeah. in front of people. You yeah. don't you don't worry about that once you've started doing it. You don't no, worry. no, I'm okay giving speeches. I'm I did dance lessons for sixteen years, so there was always. There's always performance as part mm. of that. I don't mind getting... I'd rather dance in front of people than than act and speak. I'd much rather do movement, I think, than speaking. But that's just because I'm much better at movement than speaking. So, and that's sort of, you know... I've, I've been doing... Probably dancing longer before I could, you know... Longer than I could really string sentences together. When did you start dancing? Two. Two? My parents put me in dance lessons when I was two. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're no, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's true. I've never been shy, so so it's it's not it's not the act of performing that terrifies me. It's more the end product. I know because you know I'm also like very hard, critical about myself. I just yeah. I just know that the end product isn't going to be all that excellent. So <laughs> pity anyone having to watch me act. Well, I, I, if you do, I'm definitely yeah. coming. Yeah. No, <laughs> we'll find out. We'll no, find I know. Out. I feel that way. I'm, I'm mm. much prefer strangers yeah. than people I know yeah. to see myself because I I care more about the people I know's opinion yeah. than I do about strangers' opinions. I do better in a role that's really over the top, like if like Auntie Mame or something like that. I'd be mm. really good in a Lucille Ball role or something <laughs> like that. Something with physical comedy, something where mm. you're about over the top. That that would be something I'm I'd be much happier doing than, you know, like a, the quiet drama. thoughtful yeah. You should try and go against the type yeah. though. You should you should try that. I mean that's the whole reason you're doing it, isn't it? To to explore different areas of yourself. I've been a very you look, <laughs> she looks very yeah, unlike yeah. she's going to do this. No. She's like, hmm. I have no, yeah, what confidence here. Yeah, yeah. no, I have, I have, I have. I have throughout my life auditioned for various things, <laughs> and things that I have auditioned for, I have never ever ever gotten any sort of role for anything. <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah. When I was when I was five, my parents sent me to uh, audition to be a Munchkin in the in the Grand Rapids production of Wizard of Oz. And I was not selected. I couldn't even You're be a, a munchkin. You're tall, I mean. Was you quite tall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Starting growing yeah. young. Right? Five-year-olds mostly munchkin <laughs> size. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, you know. <laughs> Just trying to help. Yeah. No. Okay, if she d- if she auditioned for a munchkin now, I would definitely uh, be surprised yeah. if she got it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. See the problem in that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that happens at writing group is we went on writing retreat, and on a normal Wednesday night, really, is that we don't just critique our writing, but we end up getting into lots of stories about each other in our lives. And uh, I don't know if you how, you how you feel about going over one that you've already gone over this week, Sophia, but you were telling an amazing story about when you slept in a jungle. Oh! <laughs> yeah! 
I've kind of, because I have told this, I've, I've actually written about this for an application to university. And, uh, yeah, I think New York University, I wrote a story about it. So I've kind of left and I haven't told it recently, apart from this week then. So I, I've kind of, I don't really see it as that fantastic or that extraordinary. Yeah, so when everyone went, whoa, I'm going, oh. Okay, maybe I should tell you Because everyone sleeps in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My parents lived in Malaysia for three years. At the same time that I moved to LA. So we, as a family, at one point lived in four different countries. There's five of us. So we were kind of spread out everywhere. So I was very fortunate the two summers I spent in Malaysia while my parents were there. And I have two sisters and they, at different stage, obviously came as well. One summer my sister and her friend were there and we went on this trip just to see to, to see the jungle. So you stayed at a resort and from that resort you could do different day trips and whatnot. So so one of the things you could do was to stay at a hut overnight that were placed close to natural salt stones so there was a bigger chance of seeing animals coming up during the night. So we thought, oh that would be cool. So we booked ourselves on one of those and we got on a boat to be taken to this place and they spoke very limited English. Well we had a little map so we kind of knew where we were going and he dropped us off on the other side of the river to where we thought we were going to go. And we went, aren't we going to be on the other side? And he went, no, 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 up here, up here. And we went, okay, are you sure? This place, shouldn't it be on that <laughs> side of the river? And he went, no, 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 up here, up here. And we went, okay. So three of us got off the boat and he went back down the river and we knew there were no other boat boats coming, so that was it. And we went, okay, we were pretty sure that we were on the wrong side of the river and not where we should be. Because the thing was that we were supposed to be other people in this hut as well. It wasn't yeah. just the three of us. There were other tourists who were there as well. And you, the three of you, you're all Swedish? Yes. So none of you have really much experience of the Malaysian it's, jungle. No, there, there are not a lot of not a lot of jungles in Sweden. That, that is very true. So no, no, we we had gone on a tour the previous night just oh, around tour. the resort. Oh, that's what makes you an expert. With, yeah, a guide yeah, saying you know, and, and they had there were quite a lot of warnings of going because there were paths, some paths marked out, and yeah. if you went with a guide, stay with a guide, and there were quite a lot of warnings going do not ever stray off these paths because <laughs> there have been people who never came back. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of went, okay, let's not do that. So finding ourselves on the wrong side of the river with no one else there, yeah, it, it wasn't maybe what we hadn't signed up for. But we saw a, a hut further up, in, in a little bit off the riverbank, and we thought, well, well, let's just go see. Maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe we are wrong. <laughs> We don't actually know this place. So so we went up and quickly realized that no, no, this is not the place. It hadn't been used for years, probably. And while we were standing there looking up, because the hut was about a story up, so it was on stilts to kind of get away from the animals. Yeah. So there was a stair, sort of two-tier two stair going up. And we were looking, as we were looking up to it and realizing there is no one else here, it's just us. We also looked down into the grass, seeing leeches standing <laughs> on guard and going, sniffing us out and going, ah, and going, meh, meh, towards yeah, us. Yeah, this is something I didn't know that leeches do. And one thing Neither did we. Audio listeners are missing your fantastic <laughs> finger, finger, finger uh, leeches. demonstration of these standing leeches. Standing up and standing then... Standing straight yeah. up. So get both of your 
index fingers yes. and point them up, and that is, and then wiggle w- wiggle them and about then move a bit. Them as they, That's really what the like were doing, standing thingies. up. They were, and you could see the little black straws like in the grass, and we, and the more we looked, the more we saw, and it was like that. Ah, ha, ha, ha. So we jumped up onto these stairs going up. And kind of quickly went oh, off with shoes, off with just checking each other, going, "Are there leeches on us?" Uh. No, okay, we're clear, we're clear, okay. And then I thought, okay, well, let's just get up. And the stairs it had a bend on it, so you went up one stair, and on there was a toilet, like a commode. And we went, "Oh, this is surprising, not what we expected." And I thought, oh, "That'd be cool then, because you know we're sorted for the night." Until I opened, and, and so it was full of ants' eggs or some kind of <laughs> eggs. Some, it was just quickly just close the lid and pretend never to have seen it. Gelatinous <laughs> just eggs or hard no hard. I th- well, I didn't. Uh, to be fair, I you didn't, didn't study. I, for I did not poke my finger at them. As no. I said. but it was some. It was crawling. Certainly and not it a was toilet you'd want to use. Not in the slightest. So Indeed. we kind of just went, okay, no, <laughs> that, that's not an option. So we went up the the second stairs and into this one room where we were going to stay the night. And the mattresses had been used by various animals being, and we found one mattress that we could use, and and then also quickly realized that we're not sleeping all three at once. Two sit on guard, and one sleeps for an hour, and then we swap. Okay. <laughs> so that's what we did all through the night. It's funny because I'm the youngest, but I still kind of took charge and went, "Well, th- we, we, this is it. This is where we're going to be. Well, we have to. We're not going to go back now. So we spend the night here, so make the best of what we have." So I cleaned it out because it was just littered with, you know, animal droppings and whatnot. And there was, I think it was a broom. Yeah, it was a broom. So I kind of cleaned it out so it felt somewhat okay to be there. And we barricaded the door with one of the mattresses so we wouldn't be ambushed by animals coming in from behind. And my sister kind of hid the whatever food we had so they wouldn't sniff that out too easily. And, and yeah, and then we kind of settled in. <laughs> and kind of went, okay, don't use the flashlight too much because we don't want to run out of battery. Should we actually need it at yeah. some horrific point? And and yeah, we kind of just settled in on this bench. That was the whole point of of the hut to sit on a bench and look through this gap in the wall and out on the jungle, which was amazing. Until it started raining, pouring rain, obviously, and and all the animals wanting to join us in the hut. What well, animals wanted to join you? Bats which we couldn't see because it was pitch black, so all you felt was like the wind going past your head, like right by your face, and going, whoop. Spiders, lots of spiders. Hairy spiders. Hairy spiders. That which we are had, the poisonous kind. Yeah. Yes, that we found out the night before, that in, in general, if they're hairy, they're poisonous. So we, we, <laughs> we did use our flashlight sparingly, go, okay, still there, and then turn it off and go, okay, still there, until we went, oh, no. It's not there. Where is it? <laughs> and yeah, monkeys. You heard monkeys coming up when the stairs outside. The monkeys thing sounds cute, but I don't think it They'd, probably was. No, no, because that's kind of where we, we don't want them in here, taking going yeah. through our bags and trying yeah, to yeah. find food and stuff. So, so yeah, that was interesting. And then, yeah, during we saw Sam, we heard bushes started rustling and we went ooh. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. Adrenaline wakes you up. Yeah. To, uh, wow, like that, and you go something out there what is it because you know there are tigers and, and yeah. you know big animals it You're is the jungle. jungle it is the proper jungle yeah. and that's where all those animals yeah, are they're, they're not just made up stories no exactly they're, they're they're actually, they actually live there fact, yeah. exactly so we went whoop and, and then saw and eventually we got the flashlight on the ice and you just saw two eyes flashing back at you just from the from the flashlight beam 
Um, but then I realized it was a sandbar deer. So we're like, okay, it's not going to climb up here. It's not going to eat us. It's all right. It's the deer is better than most Exactly, yeah. Met, yeah. And then apparently, which I still kind of bugs me, apparently while I was sleeping, they heard a big cat roar fairly close by. Probably going after that deer. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably, which I kind of regret having missed. But, but what was really amazing was in the morning, when the sun started coming up, you saw, you started to see the trees on the other side of the jungle, and you saw, started to see. The, the noises was amazing because it, it's never quiet in the jungle. During the day, you have birds and, and whatnot, and at night, it's, it's crickets and um, frogs and all. They sound very similar to birds, but it's, it's all... But during 10 minutes, when the sun came up, when the light came, it completely swapped from the frogs to the birds. And during a 10-minute period, it just went... Rah, 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 rah. Well, okay, oh, wow. I can't make the noises, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah. Then you have hornbills, which are really big birds, big bill, and they have a wingspan of about a meter, a meter and a half. And as the light was coming up, I saw one fly from, uh, from a distance and toward us. And, and all you could hear were the wings going... And it was one of those moments where I just went, wow. Yeah, was, I bet. Yeah, in the morning, no one else there. We're out in the jungle, and this bird goes, it was, yeah, that's, I'll never forget that. That's amazing. So, yeah, and then in the morning, we had the, still the problem of getting across the river and actually back to the resort and fighting the leeches on the way down to the... <laughs> Uh, beach, but but yeah, we knew boats were going to come up, and and a boat with some nice Danish tourists <laughs> let us join their boat, and at least took us back on the right side of the river, where we then had to fight slushy mud and other leeches and stuff. But we made it back to the resort. How did you all feel about it? I I really like. I think my sister and her friend were more uh, worried and more. I don't know, I, I kind of took charge a little bit and kind of, I, I, I was never at any point scared that, oh, we're going to make it out alive. I, I was never in fear of my life. I, I never even sort of thought, well, there are people around. We're going to get back. There's a river. There's going to be people. We're going to I mean, make it. That but is that interesting was, because you were in danger of your life. I don't I, I, I think. I mean, I'm glad you I didn't know, feel like you were. But, but yeah, you, I, you I never. If you. I mean, if you just got to be bitten by the wrong spider. Yeah, true. And, <laughs> and this was the time before cell phones, and, or at least we didn't have any with us. So yeah, it would so be completely different that. now, I yeah. guess. I mean, yeah, you if would you've got have, reception, I guess, or yeah. if you're connected, if you're on yeah, board. But yeah, no, we had no phones or anything like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, the potential would be there, but I never felt like, oh, no. So for you, it was quite a positive experience. Yeah, oh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I'd, I'd gladly do it again. And did the others... I, I think I think they were by the time we were back in the resort. Yeah. I think they they kind of went okay. Actually, that was now fine. you've got an adventure. Yeah. And yeah. It's stored in your adventure yeah. box. And, so yeah. I think they were a little bit more apprehensive, a little bit more worried um, during the experience. Yeah. Yeah. But once we were back, and I think they also because my sister uh, needs food quite regularly. Oh yeah. I don't tend to not get hungry. Food as often but she needs so I think that was always the worry for how are we going to get food I'm going to need food it's going to be breakfast she kind of first thing she went no let's push out the food <laughs> how are we going to do because we had some crackers and stuff with us yeah. so for her that was probably an extra, an extra worry fear. Yeah. yeah that I didn't really have 
So, so yeah, no, we weren't miles and miles away from the resort either. So I kind of thought, well, it's not. We just need to make it back across the river, and then no, you know, we'll, we'll get back. So, so yeah, no, I, 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 I loved it. And Angela, I've, I've. I've been stranded in the jungle before. I have slept okay. in the jungle oh. with with I, which with the Swedish guy. Oh, yeah, we do this a lot. <laughs> this is really all we do. We well, go. well, there you no, go. The Swedes are always in yeah. the, go to a jungle. You'll meet someone. <laughs> yeah, there'll be a Swedish person there. Yeah. Norway, yeah, they're all there. We get around. No, what I was going to say to you is sort of a, a, it's an, another weird topic to segue into, but. What I keep thinking that I should talk to you about on mic, and you can say you don't want to talk about it, that I've written down a few times of like, oh, that would be an interesting thing to talk to Angela about, is breast size. That's amazing! (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was a moment there where I went, I I don't know what she's going to come out with. I didn't know what was going to happen, yeah. Because there were quite a lot of gesturing. Gestures and movement. Yeah. That's amazing. Really animated you. That's amazing because I was going through my notebook and I have actually written a thing about breast size. Yeah. Did I read it to you at some point? You just, you've mentioned it. Did you read it on your own? No, I haven't. (laughs) I haven't found it and read it. But no, I mean, you've mentioned it a few times. Like when you talk about your adolescence, you nearly always will have a line in whatever you're saying that refers to the fact that you didn't feel that you had big breasts at that time time in your life yes I well I did and I still don't no and they've actually after a lifetime of you know you know when you get into your 30s you sort of settle into your womanly size but I've taken a weightlifting and they've shrunk again <laughs> <laughs> So I've got, I'm getting lovely, <laughs> getting lovely sculpted shoulders, and my boobs are shrinking. I'm just like, no! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like one no. set, the man, and it just moves around on your body. <laughs> yeah, I'm, well, because I, I always say that I'm kind of built like a candle, and that, oh. and that, yeah, sort of like if 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 you let the candle, so uh, you know my my blonde hair you sort of is it is sort of drips and pools around the bottom <laughs> that's, that's kind of that's kind of like me oh i have i'm all right with my with my body i would never get breast implants or anything like that i'm not you know i'm i'm married not that my husband's yeah. quite happy with them he never complains um he's <laughs> <laughs> quite fond of them i can't imagine I, I can't imagine me i think i'd look silly if i had them yeah. well, it's, a, it's a funny thing because i i I don't think men are that bothered. I think men like a variety of different women, female shapes, and uh, most men do. And some men like specifics, and that's fine too. But, yeah. but, mm-hmm. but, but there really is this. Does seem to be this Fixation. thing that women women have, if they haven't got large, like if they have smaller breasts and they're not Asian, because that's a different kettle of fish yeah. too. That, that yeah, it's a real issue. I mean, like I guess it seems to me that it's not an issue for you anymore. No. But any time you talk about adolescence, it really is. Well, I was I was mocked all the time because of it. Really? Yeah, I was cruel. When I was in sixth grade, this girl that I went to school with, who is still my friend on Facebook for reasons unknown to myself, maybe because I think I look better than her now. <laughs> 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 but she drew this drawing of me. This is in uh, Mrs. Vineyard's sixth grade science class. How old sixth grade? So I'm like twelve. Right. And like it's kind of like a stick figure head with you know hair, you know, 
curly hair or whatever. My hair's not curly, but this is, you know, she's not a great drawer. Classic but, but she, she, and then there was, like, a, a picture of, like, a piece of wood, like a, like a, you know, a board with, you know, with wood grain drawn in it and little, and then little legs oh, and, and feet yeah. and little arms. Oh. And she passed it around the classroom and, and it said Angela um, Carpenter's dream flat as board and she passed oh, it around the whole class no. and then everybody who agreed with it had to sign it and at the end of the class she gave it to me oh, so that I had this oh. lovely autographed copy of this picture of and this were, horrible uh, illustration. Who, who, who signed, it? signed it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, not you don't have many? to name names, but I mean, was it more men or women, or what? How would girls or boys, or how did that work? It was I mean, pretty much. It was like pretty much everybody. Everybody did it. it. Yeah. Everybody except so like the nice people. Yeah. yeah. You know, but even my friends did. Oh no. Oh, no. You know, and, and oh, it's, it's hard. a lot. It's peer pressure, isn't it? It like, was horrible because yeah, exactly. I was I was, la- I was yeah. a late I was a late bloomer, and yeah, you know, twelve is, is fairly early. I guess if some start, then yeah. fine. But ter- it's not twelve is not a, an age to make a definitive statement no, about exactly. how someone's body is. Yeah. Oh no! It's the worst. Kids cruel. Kids are. Oh, it didn't. It didn't stop there. When I was thirteen, when I finally got my period, the last of all of my friends, I told one person. So you know, this person Mm. I thought was my friend, but she told everybody. So then the next day, when I came into class, my entire locker was decorated with like tampons Mm. and boxes of my doll. So it's just like Carrie, but slightly better than Carrie. Yeah. Yeah, they had. They had. Uh, it's me. Yeah, with like red puff paint. Oh, like for oh. God's sake, so kids was, are insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I was. This, it was. You know, and it's not like I was unpopular at school. Yeah. I was. You know, I was fairly well liked. You know, yeah. I had the big parties. Everybody came to my house. You know, yeah, so maybe I was like I was like a better target because yeah. I, I wasn't. I was kind of nerdy, but like. I didn't go to a very big school, so mm. we didn't have big factions like you would have at, at, at a larger... There's only, yeah. you know, 90 of us in my class. Yeah. Um, and it's just... It was... You know, yeah, and it's guys that wouldn't... I would have these crushes on these boys, and they would always choose my best friend over me, and mm. she was very well endowed. <laughs> this happened repeatedly yeah. throughout, you know, school, and... So it was it was hard. I mean, yeah. adolescence was really tough, and I think that's one of the reasons that I I'm really drawn to um, YA write for writing for YA um, yeah. young, for young, young adults for young yeah. adults in reading um, because my personal experience. Yeah. Like some people are like, oh yeah, no, junior high is fine for me. It's just, yeah. just you know. Yeah, I think I'm. I mean, I I quite like young adult writing, and and I think that's that's a similar thing. Like I was I was hideously. Uh, hideously bullied in school and uh so i kind of identify with the kids the the kids that are that want that, that want the books to be about them you know yeah i kind of I identify with those kids yeah i think it, i think it works out in the end if, if you get to a point where you know when i was in it i got to a point where people were asking me to do things like modeling and uh, you know and things like that it, it works out in the end because mm. the, the the tall skinny girls you know the ones without boobs are the ones that yeah. that they're the models <laughs> that, that become models and things like that so it was you know it's yeah kind of it's still tough yeah yeah. yeah yeah well yeah. and it is i mean it is a weird thing to come up against that group mentality that can mm. happen in teens i mean that was like that's how my the bullying that I experienced. That's what defined it. Like I was, I had a nickname that everybody everybody in the school 
used mm. when I walk down the corridors. You know, they use yeah. that name, and uh, you know, they spat on me in the, in the in stuff like this when I was walking through the corridor, and there was no individual to blame. Like, in, mm. like when I heard your story, I was like, yeah, you got that that person that started it at least to blame. Like, I would totally blame everybody else as well, but mm. yeah. at least you've got someone to hang it on, which I guess they were doing with me. Yeah, and, and, this, and this person... <laughs> so I can't really say... This person was my friend. Yeah. You know, this person came over to my house and, you know, had sleepovers yeah. with me and things like that. Did it, you ever confront her about it or talk to her about it? I no, mean, no, she was widely known for being a complete and utter... Bad, bad word. Yeah, bad word. <laughs> um, she she was actually mean to everyone, so I, I didn't feel particularly picked on because mm-hmm. she was equally cruel to other people oh, okay. in right. school. Mm-hmm. She was just a cow, really. Is she was a horrible person. And still, she was your friend. Yeah, I don't know why. Every, she's kind of. I, I, I wish there, if I could find like a television character that would be like this person. She wasn't particularly bright. She was really funny. She was very silly. She was really out there. She was, she was likable, but it was the type of likability that would immediately could, she could capitalize on to be very mean to people. And there was mm. no reason for her to be mean to people. She was, she was popular. She was pretty. Yeah. She was well liked. You know, she was a bit dumb, but otherwise. I mean, I guess you don't know what's going on in her life. But, no. But but yeah, I think there still are people who there definitely is nothing going on in their life who just are like that. I mean, yeah. You just, it's very Great hard to, to, I think to work she, it yeah. out. And I think she's happy now, you know. Through the powers of wonders of Facebook, you can kind of check up on these people and see how they turned out. Yeah. You know, she's not, like, divorced with 8 million kids or anything <laughs> in, in poverty or yeah. anything yeah. like that. She's writes it's happy. Right. She writes yeah. happy posts on Facebook. And it's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, all right. Well, mm-hmm. you're still living in small town, but... That's, that's what you want to do. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's it. I can't see her surviving in New York or anything like that. No. No. And I mean, I, I, something that you were saying, Sophia, the other day, as well, that I was sort of thought might be an interesting topic, is that you are not very... You don't really like the gender um, roles that are kind of given to men, men, and, fem- men and women mm. in culture. Yeah. Um, I mean... You, you. I guess I was thinking about that after you said that, and I was like, "You do, you know, I, do you, would you say you dress slightly masculine, or you?" Or? I wouldn't say masculine, but I, I could dress more feminine. Right. If, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you're and complaining have, about the actual definition, so it's ridiculous yeah, to me no, to say, "Do you think you yeah. dress masculine?" <laughs> yeah. No, I don't believe in that. No, idea. I don't. No, <laughs> I think more what is because um, I find, and I think cultures are different. Yeah. It's not. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's a universal thing because I think it varies depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. And why I say it is because I find that Sweden isn't as, uh, I don't even know what to call it. In in Sweden, men and women are more similar or toward the middle. Yeah. Um, We don't have this sort of, oh, of course that there are different roles and, you know, stereotypically, you know, women do this or men do that. But we're closer to each other. We're more people. And, and you yeah. do what you're good at, and and, and we are, uh, as as a country, more equal in, not completely, but more equal than just about every other country in the world, in work opportunities and and school education pay. It's not equal, but it's better than yeah. than pretty much everywhere else. So, and and growing up in school, you have PE together, boys and girls. It's not it's not segregated, really at all. 
in in and this is for boys and this is for boys and this is for girls. It is, but but we're more we're closer to each other. And what I find here um, is that it's not it's more it's further apart and it's more specific. Mm -hmm. And oh, women do yeah. this. Women go shopping. Women love shoes. Women do this. And men love football and drink beer. Yeah. And. I don't particularly like shopping and I don't particularly like buying shoes. Yeah. So what what annoys me more, I think most with it, is that I often don't recognize myself in the stereotype of a woman. Yeah. And that and it's not that it bothers me that much, but I I've, I think it's unnecessary because w especially with teenagers and young girls who then kind of go, well, if I don't like that, is that uh, am I not a woman? Yeah. Or is is there something wrong with me? <laughs> Or you know, I think it's I think it's an unnecessary split. I think and, and it's I think it's damaging for both genders yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, I, I I'm not into football or beer. Yeah, and, and so and I kind of feel yeah. that. But I what that. I what so I usually yeah. think when I hear these things is that I don't particularly like shopping and shoes, and I don't really want to meet a man who only likes football and beer. <laughs> you know, that stereotype of yeah. sitting on a with a football jersey and a beer in a hand. You know, in a pub. That's not really the man that I want to meet, and that's not the woman that I want to be. So I I find those types of labeling and and boxing of people unnecessary and, and quite often just wrong. So was your Swedish adolescent experience different from what Angela was talking about then? And would you have got that kind of? Do you think that that kind of pressure is a cultural thing, or do you think it's an age uh, thing or a specific thing? Ooh, that's hard to say. I think to a point it is cultural. Um, it is a little bit. Obviously, I can pretty much only speak from my own uh, Self, experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also I haven't lived in Sweden for fourteen years, so I'm I'm afraid it probably has changed from when I grew up as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and in my opinion, not necessarily to the better. But having said that, I was quite a tomboy when I was young. Mm. Some still am. I mean, I didn't mean to suggest. No, that no, 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 that's fine. And I know, I, I know, I am, yeah. and and I'm, I'm happy with it. It's not. I, I don't mean this as oh, I, I've suffered through this. You know, it's not like yeah, that. Yeah. I, don't, I just find it unnecessary, especially for yeah, younger sure, sure, sure. Boy, boys and girls. I don't know. I'm sure that I, I was never. I was never picked on for those reasons. I, I don't have big breasts either, so I yeah. completely <laughs> sympathize with everything Angela said. But I don't have any similar experience or that I can remember yeah. of my friends. So the, my best friend was fairly flat-chested as well. So, so maybe Angela just needs to pick a, a more flat-chested yeah. best friend. Yeah, I think that's where you went wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but having said that, I'm sure yeah. there are these types of um, bullying and, um, I and think they're problems. kind of probably a little to bit universal, yeah, but a little I bit think culturally it, uh, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, and, and at that age, there's always something someone's going to pick on. And, 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 and the... Uh, view of, of physical body requirements or stereotypes or ideals that we have in media and society today are always going to... And do you, I mean, do you have quite, I mean, do you have a different archetype of what women should look like in Sweden, do you think, so that in the I, UK? I, I really want to, and to a point I, I will say yes, I think it is changing that as well because of the sort of globalization of, of everything right. there has been less 
in Sweden than here. Um, and I think it still is. It's not as in your face and not as available. Well, sex, sexuality. Uh, yeah, or that, yeah, that, that constant bombardment of images of... Yeah, of, of, of pretty much naked women. Oh, yeah, all yeah, the time. that, oh, yeah. completely. Yeah, yeah. using, no, using sex as a marketing device. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, um, I, I think it's probably slipping in more and more, but it's, it's not. This is going to go off into another tangent. Nakedness, we have a different view. Nakedness is not that big a deal. In Sweden, as it is, seems to be here. Yeah, I've got another Swedish friend who I did, and did an interview so, so with, in and she the, said a similar thing. Yeah, so in that sense, it's not as sort of exciting or as heightened, or yeah. And because of that, it doesn't quite filter in to the same extent. I mean, she was like, you, "You English people are so ridiculous. Yeah. I don't understand." Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Like, I have those thoughts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I'm sure I would have equally confused thoughts if I went to Sweden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) But, yeah, no, but I think cultures are different and it is different. It's easy to feel that where you are, that's how it is everywhere. Um, Yeah, But I think it's quite nice that it's not. No, sure, absolutely. Both ways. Let's see. What time? I think we're about time to wrap up. We are indeed. (laughs) Over time. I was going to go back to one thing, but you've got to be in in five minutes to do the cooking. <laughs> it's it's fine. Okay, well, okay. So before we end, I thought that since I'd asked Sophia to share a story that she she had told already this week, I thought mm-hmm. I would ask you to share a story that you've told already this week, if you want to, Angela, which is the story about well. I don't want to give anything away, but then I have to communicate to you what story I want you to tell. Well, who, who's it about? The one about going to... Is it a grandparent or... Ah, yeah, and find I it, know. Going to, yeah. Oh, but when my, when my grandpa died. Yes. Yeah. Ah. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> a jolly one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, it, it was not a secret to anyone that, that grandpa was a hoarder. He uh, So it's not like when he died we walked into the the house and found all of these secret compartments where he had stashed things. <laughs> oh no, no, no. This is this is uh, the American Midwest and, and, and he had four acres in a pole barn. Um, so so the the scale of his hoarding is is quite beyond what you might find on the Channel 4 programs in which people go in and they're surrounded by stacks of newspapers. Now, Imagine four unwooded acres filled with buses. Uh, no, there was only one bus. There were multiple boats, like canoes, rowboats. There was, there was tractors, plural. There were several lawnmowers, motors. It's very rare to have a bus anyway, I think. Yeah. One bus is not bus. too, yeah. It was, just like, it was an old school bus, and he would take wow. it camping. Oh, it worked. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. So he had no. lots and lots of vehicles. Lots of things, yeah. Refrigerators, hammers. Um, the we had to call the Environmental Protection Agency because he had 50-gallon drums of yellow road paint. I don't know why he felt he would need yellow road paint. What you were, I don't know. 
he just had a, he just had lots and lots of stuff. I mean, this is this is like going into it's it's like going into a scrapyard. It was kind yeah. of it, it's it was that kind of atmosphere. I, I never liked going there as as a child. Actually, all of my cousins did. My brother loved it. Mm-hmm. My brother would just go there, and it was like a giant mechanical playground for him. But I thought it was just like dirty and filthy and gross, and I never got on with it. I. I hated going to Grandpa's house. I was like, please, Mom, when can we go home? I hate it here. It smells. You know, it's sort of like dirt floors in the hallway and the linoleum side and everything was a bit dirty. It, it, there was, like, food, old packages of food in the house, old chocolate bars and things like that. And you just never... I never wanted to eat there because I had no idea how long the food had been sitting around or its origins. I was just... Everything was suspicious to me. Like I said, there was this couple refrigerators in the backyard, and you open one of them up, and there was like a five-gallon pail of labeled. It was labeled, so otherwise we wouldn't have identified <laughs> it as raspberry donut filling. Oh. I don't know again why wow. anybody needs donut yeah. filling. <laughs> keep That's it. Crazy. Like what? What? What is it about? You know, it's like somebody says, "I've got this. I've got this donut filling. I'm getting rid of," and somebody's saying. I, yeah, I could do with some do donut. I could do yeah. with some donut filling. And then I just happen to have hundreds of empty donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, or just an empty fridge in the backyard. Yeah. So I'll stick it in there. Yeah. I mean, but there's a pole, pole barn full of fishing lures and porno mags and tools. Lots and lots and lots of tools. So when he died, there was three days of sales. You know, estate sales auctioneer came in and would just sell job lots of stuff. And then there were a series of big dumpsters that we brought in to just load things away. And at the end, it was just sort of like, come over and just (laughs) take whatever you want. But there was a small problem with getting rid of some of the stuff in that there was 180 guns that were in his house behind the wall paneling and under the floorboards. (laughs) So, So there was a lot of... There's a lot, it was like a, it was a bit, yeah, I don't know why he had so many guns and he hid them. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and some of the, and a lot of them we could get rid of, um, we could sell on, and, but and there were many that we couldn't because they were rusty or illegal, sawed off shotguns aren't legal Ooh. to resell. No. Yeah. But he was an avid hunter, he was an avid sportsman, he was an, also an avid fisherman, in addition to having lots and lots of lures, he would also use and I'm not sure if it was TNT or dynamite, but he would use one or the other to go fishing with one of his many boats. And he had a stockpile of it in in a room that was actually attached to the house. Wow. <laughs> and when it starts to deteriorate, it starts to sweat, and it kind of becomes unstable. So we had to call the bomb squad. We said, oh, and he was known to the... He was, he was, oh, um, he was known. Oh. He was he was a known figure in the town. It wasn't a very big town. He was a bit eccentric. So he was a known person. We're like, all right, will you, will you come on over, you know, to Brooks Road and get rid of this this dynamite? Doesn't doesn't look like it's. Uh, <laughs> we don't really want to move it ourselves. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll come, we'll come over. And this is a story that was told to me through family. I wasn't there. I was only ten at the time. So the bomb squad comes, and they're like in their kind of shirts and, and trousers because they. I don't know, for some odd reason, they dress fairly nice, even though they do bomb disposal. And they have this, like, little bubble trailer that they take the the gunpowder and the dynamite away with them. Mm. Well, they look at it, and they said, oh, well, it's a bit too unstable to to move, so uh, (laughs) 
to, to, to take away. <laughs> so how much property you got back here? And we're like, oh, four, four acres. They're like, what's behind it? And it was just state forest behind it. And they're like, great. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just take it out back then. So they took it out back and detonated it. <laughs> and and this is this is all kind of like all kind of normal, you know. My 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 aunts and my my mom were kind of about pretty laissez-faire about the whole thing. But it wasn't the dynamite that was hilarious, you know. They'd always known that he'd had it. But it was <laughs> So that, it was that when what they found funniest about this whole thing is that these uh gleeful bomb squad guys who you knew just really wanted to detonate the, the, when they when they came back from the back acreage they were like covered in burrs on their <laughs> on their suits <laughs> and this is what my parents found hilarious they're like stupid guys you know <laughs> <laughs> they, maybe they can blow up things but they don't know what's coming yeah, yeah. so when you talk about like you know in, in the estates you know the things that you're inherited in mm. estates and things like that oh well I inherited my grandmother's diamond ring and I'm like yeah when grandpa died we had to call the bomb squad <laughs> <laughs> it's a better story though isn't it no I got a ring <laughs> yeah there you go there's, there's your ending yeah. <laughs> so yeah the last thing I ask people is if there's anything they, they'd like to plug if in different points in your life than the last time I asked so I'm sure you might yeah. have something different if you are the uh, managing director of the creative writing program at Birkbeck will you please accept me <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And, and, and if you've accepted it already, uh, well done. Yeah. They look out for jobs if you have any going. That yeah. would be good. And what kind of a job do you want? Uh, I'm trying to stay fairly open, but I'm, I'm good at sort of organizing and planning. Uh, I have customer service. Uh, it's maybe not drill for me, but I'm very good at it. Generally, the North London area. Um, not necessarily for work, but, but maybe London. Central, yeah, yeah London central base. or North London, probably. Or yeah. Send an email to gbapodcast at gmail and I'll pass it on to Sophia if you have any employment opportunities that you'd like to, to share with her. She's hardworking, pleasant to be around, and everything you could want in an employee. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very good. There you go. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> and the last thing that I ask people to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook. It's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app, you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted. If you enjoy listening to Getting Better Acquainted, that's great. I'm really grateful to you for joining me on this journey through conversation. I make this show for free and that's how I want this show to be, a free show. But I do want more people to hear the conversation. So if you could share this with people that you know, that would be great. 
and also if you could leave some iTunes feedback on iTunes telling people that you like the show and telling them what it is and what it's about that would also be really great because that helps to push me up the iTunes charts and all that sort of thing it increases the amount of people who might hear it also I've got the 100th episode of Getting Better Acquainted coming up next year which is really exciting. In fact, I think we've probably had more than 100 episodes already because some of the episodes I don't number. They might have been two-parters. They might have been getting better acquainted extras. I wanted to do something to mark the occasion of it being the 100th episode and I finally come up with a plan. So, first of all, after episode 99, there'll be a week of getting better acquainted episodes going from Monday to Friday and they're going to be five live conversations I recorded at the Invisible Picture Palace which is a glass house in Wapping run by In The Dark Radio. I did five really great conversations there in November in front of a live audience so I'm going to put them in the run up to the 100th episode. They won't be counted as numbers though because that's getting better acquainted live and new strand. So what will the 100th episode be? Well, for the 100th episode, I'm going to throw a party inviting a lot of people who've been on Getting Better Acquainted and I'm going to play them some clips and we're going to talk about the show. I'm also going to try and get people who've been on who can't make it to send in some sound clips and I'm going to read out the email correspondence which people have sent in to me and there have been a few and I'm really pleased that people are reaching out to me in this way and this is going to be my chance to reach back and to acknowledge that communication so if you have something you'd like to say about getting better acquainted that you'd like to tell me please send me an email and I'll read it out as part of the 100th episode but also I'd really like to hear from listeners about what your favourite episodes are or any moments, specific moments would be even better of episodes that you've really enjoyed because that will help me wade through 100 episodes of Getting Better Acquainted. That's the plan. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of the show.